Hey, this is Ed Stetzer, and this is, of course, Ed Stetzer Live. This and every Saturday at this time, we have some hopefully helpful conversations for you. Uh, hopefully things that, that really encourage you, uh, do what the writer of Hebrews says, provoke you to love and good deeds, and more. Uh, one of the things I have loved lately, we've actually gone a little crazy here at Ed Stetzer Live, our great crack team, particularly Courtney Young, our engineer, who helps us make these things happen. We actually uh, take the show sometimes on the road, and that's what we're doing today. Actually, I think this is the third time, the third annual, uh, what we might call the camp camping spectacular that we do here as well. And so we're actually, I'm actually located in North Carolina. Uh, I'm actually here with a family reunion. We've been doing this pretty regularly, and we love to take the family away to camp. And um, and so we've done that again this time. And we're in uh, it's Black Mountain, North Carolina, Ridgecrest Camp and Conference Center. And we are having a, we've been having a great time. And uh, just this morning, we're playing cornhole, which is uh, if you've seen Ed Stetzer play cornhole, it leaves a mark on you mentally. Uh, but I was <laughs> but but my my dad is beating everybody, and Donna, my wife, is is trying hard, but my dad's beating everybody as as well. So we're actually here, and as may, you may know, I serve as a dean and professor at Wheaton College, and one of the joys I have is actually to uh, to really just encourage, kind of be a the CEO, the chief encouragement officer for the team at Honey Rock. Um, Honey Rock is is our Outdoor Adventure Leadership Center uh, at Wheaton College up in Wisconsin. So here we are from North Carolina and connecting to uh, Wisconsin as well for what I think will be a really, uh, as always, hopeful and helpful conversation as well. Let me introduce my guests. Uh, and we have, we have two guests today, and we're talking to both of them. Rob Rivy has been the executive director of Honey Rock Center for Leadership Development at Wheaton College since 2000. He's actually been around, connected longer than that. As part of his role, he is uh, on the, a faculty member in the Wheaton Graduate School, specifically the School of Mission, Ministry, and Leadership, where I have the privilege of being his dean. He teaches leadership and spiritual formation to undergraduate students. He has a PhD, his research focused in and around camping. Art Sneed actually attended Camp Ridgecrest for the first time as a nine-year-old, and Christian Camping and Conference Center service has been a significant part of his life since then. Art and I knew each other, and still know each other, but we first met each other when I was the vice president of a company called Lifeway, and Lifeway had this camp called Ridgecrest, and now they have their freestanding organization called the Ridgecrest Foundation. He's the president and CEO of this. It's a standalone uh, ministry now, and he's the new steward of the Ridge. They're the new steward of the Ridgecrest Conference Center, Camp Crestridge for Girls, for which my daughter has been involved for, I don't even know how many years, daughters for years, and then Camp Ridgecrest for Boys. So we're super helpful to have, uh, thankful to have both of them on the program. We're going to have a little fun today. During this annual program, we actually ask you to call in and maybe share some of your camp stories. Uh, and so for me, mine actually, I was I was watching the Twitter feed, uh, Instagram feed of um, of Lambeth. Lambeth is the gathering of all the Anglican leaders that's taking place right now at Lambeth in the in the UK. And uh, and uh, Rick Thorpe, who's the Bishop of Islington, was there. I'm going to be uh, teaching at uh, over in the UK this fall at Oxford, and I've gotten to know him. I'm doing some events for them. Uh, they're evangelical Anglicans over there, and he took a picture with the uh, when, when I was 15 years old. The church I attended was a uh, charismatic Episcopal church, and the reason I attended that church is that's it was at their camp 
which is a little camp. I know we're here at Ridgecrest, and this is so big. And Honey Rock is just mammoth compared to it. But it's Camp Wingman, and it's at that little camp. My, my mother made me go to this camp because I got in trouble. That was my punishment. I want to say to you parents, that's not what Rob Ribby and Arts Need like to hear. But I got sent away in trouble, and, uh, and there met Jesus. And I bet you got a camp story as well. We're going to invite people to share their camp stories at 877-548-3675. But let's first get to Rob and to Art. And uh, we're going to talk some uh, about what, well, why this matters more. So let's start with throwing a question to Rob Ribby. Ribby, Ribby, how, Dr. Ribby, how can camp foster uh, the launching of kind of self-directed, uh, grounded, faith-oriented 18-year-old. You know, I, I think a lot about this because I'm taking my kid to college by old university in two or three weeks, and camp is a significant part of her spiritual formation. So help us think a little bit about that. How does that foster that? Well, great to be on the show, by the way. Thanks for inviting. Um, I think part of what camp does is that it provides opportunity for young people starting 10, sometimes younger than that, to be away from home for a week, two weeks, however long camp is. And while they're away, they're gaining confidence and independence and having to care for themselves and take care of their own daily needs. They're having to navigate social relationships. Um, they're having to make decisions and even take risks with activities. Uh, they're being challenged and stretched spiritually with uh, teaching and time in the word. And I think all of these things, especially if they're happening year after year over a child's development, are just increasing their ability to to launch well and to be faith-oriented, independent, confident young people. And hopefully, if we at Camp Ministry ever done our job well, as well as partnering with parents and churches who are doing it throughout the year, uh, their faith is grounded and deep and owned. Yeah, and it's been, I mean, really fundamental in, in particularly one of my child's life here at here at uh, it's i say ridgecrest but the camp for girls is called crest ridge but it's been and what's fascinating art is that uh, this has been around a long time i mean i go to places like when i just put on twitter that i hiked rattlesnake mountain which i don't know is that is that actually the name of the mountain or is it just the trail called rattlesnake trail uh no it's rattlesnake mountain okay so i hiked right how tall how how high did i hike well, we are in the Appalachians. We're not in the Rockies, yes. so I can't give you as much credit as you'd probably like no, to have. No, it but, felt, it but, felt but, like no, I hiked the yeah. Himalayas. No, but, but, yeah. but, but uh, yeah, I don't know what the elevation is. Okay, it's a right moderate. Now. It's a moderate. It's a mild to moderate trail. But for me, it was, and I you know the girls were all walking ahead of me, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but so, so when I put that on Facebook on social media. Uh, there's people, well, I did that in 1962 and all these sort of things. So how long have you been doing this here at Ridgecrest? So Ridgecrest Conference Center, really the seeds were planted starting in 1907. 1908 was the first meeting uh, of, of uh, kind of the first conference here. Our boys camp has been operating since 1929 and our girls camp since 1955. Wow. So, so those comments, a long time and really just, I mean, all over the world. We were actually living in Tennessee and we're actually building a witnessing relationship with a husband of a neighbor. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer. And I said, well, where'd you go? At Camp Crestridge. And so, and we have, you know, our husband later trusted Christ. It was really amazing. Um, but, you know, this is a pivotal spiritual part in any people and so many people's journey. Why do you think that is? Why is camp this 
place that impacts so many, like it did me, I think like it did you, like it did my, did my family? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and to be clear, Rob is the research expert on this call as far as camping goes. But I know that um, there have been studies done that just have found camp is different from home. Mm-hmm. That's important. Uh, the relational aspect of camp, um, the fact that it's a safe space for kids to ask questions mm-hmm. and for kids to have conversations. And then obviously when you're talking about Christian camps, it's it's faith-centered, it's gospel-centered. And and those things are different in a lot of ways from, from their normal life uh, back home. Yeah, and I, I would say it's interesting too because, I mean, there's different levels. Like Ridgecrest is... Is, is is large. I mean, it's it's it, is it one of the largest in the country? I'm guessing, uh, one of the largest conference centers, and and has become one of the largest camps, especially yeah. um, sort of single site. We yeah. have a, a a boys camp and a girls camp, but we're not multi site in multiple states. Yeah, there are companies kind of that camps sure. that do that as well. We sure. actually have we have a master's degree program at Wheaton, and we actually partner with some of those camps and those multi site camps. So that's and Rob would remind me of that, uh, and I think Honey Rock is more. Of a, probably a medium-sized uh, camp as well, but 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 even like I think about my impact at Camp Wingman, which was I mean I went into the chapel and the chapel I took my daughter there, and I'm guessing the chapel set 50 people, and that was the biggest meeting space on campus. So it seems that engagement is the key, and you want to have the best resources and the best setup as well. But it just seems that the the life of the life on life that takes place there, we've actually made a shift at Wheaton College where the incoming orientation, we, we call it passage, is now uh, all the students go through it. And probably most of them will go up to Honey Rock to do it. But even that becomes kind of a key pivotal point. So, Rob, let me, let me throw to you. Um, you kind of shared some of what that's like um, and, you know, some of the, the time away and more. But there's an intentional spiritual formation process that you – that, that that we do at Honey Rock and and more, even with these incoming students. I know you're excited about Passage for being for everybody. Tell us a little bit about what the intentionality looks like in these kind of situations. Uh, well, I think uh, what we're trying to do, and I think a lot of camps think this way too, but as you think of childhood development, um, you know, the theorists like Piaget and Kohlberg and some of the others talk about how Young people grow through phases of emotional, mental, social capacity. And I think one of the neat things about camp is that we can program purposely to the age group and developmental maturity and questions that young people are asking at the different phases of life. So a camper who comes at 10 years old is asking very significant the different questions and is capable of a lot different questions and conversations and thinking than the 14 year old and the 18 year old. So I know here at Honey Rock, we have a very purposeful program progression that in which the program components adjust and change uh, as the young people develop and mature. And I think another key piece to that is what uh, is in the social science literature called rites of passage and how at key markers, there's key points in a child's development where uh, there were socially constructed transitions that called the young people forward to a different level of maturity and responsibility. And so what we've done at Honey Rock is we've programmed our camp programs around rites of passage moments. And that's where Wheaton Passage comes in. It's a rites of passage program 
being very purposeful about the transition between high school and college and moving away and being on your own. And so Wheaton Passage is really designed to help transition students into that new kind of level of maturity and responsibility as a young adult going off to college. Fascinating. Good. We're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. I want to invite your calls as well. I bet you have a camp story. I bet some people have Honey Rock stories and Ridgecrest stories. Uh, the number is 877-548-3675. Again, that's 877-548-3675. We're here with our annual camp show. We're going to talk about camping. What is camping really? Do I? Am I camping? Am I? There's no tent. We're going to talk more about that. Your call is 877-548-3675. As believers in Jesus, we know our citizenship on earth is actually temporary. But the days can be challenging navigating a world in cultural decline. A.W. Tozer brings help and encouragement in his book, Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. He tackles the how-to of confronting and battling worldliness while we live in anticipation of heaven. Be better equipped to take on each day. Read Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. Your copy is at moodypublishers.com. Hey, we're back, and we're having a super fun program, our annual camp program. And I'm going to talk a little bit later on. i got to understand what camping really is, because I don't think I've been in a tent in a very, very long time. But I do go to Honey Rock often, and, uh, and I go to Ridgecrest often. And we use the word camp sometimes to describe those, so we'll talk about those as well. Before we do, let, 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 me, let me go to Art here. Art, let's talk a little bit about uh, the – we talked about the impact on uh, the campers – Right. The but there's also a deep impact on the staff. I've been a camp counselor as a relatively young believer, and it was very impactful on me. Is do you see life change there as well? Absolutely. I, I, and I know this is uh, near and dear, not only to us, but I know Rob uh, feels this way as well. We talk so much about the impact on the kids and rightfully so. I mean, that's that's why we're there. But the impact on the staff is just tremendous. We are. Uh, a camp that has two-week sessions, and that allows us to have more of a discipleship focus, um, a relational discipleship focus as kids walk alongside these Christian leaders, and those Christian leaders earn the right to, to speak truth and life into their lives. And and so it's it's a multiple level of discipleship that's going on as our full-time staff are discipling our summer staff leaders, and they're discipling the summer staff, and those summer staff are discipling the campers. And so experiencing just the importance of Christian community, following uh, Jesus together with others, leading and developing other ministry leaders. And then, of course, this is not short-term impact. This is long-term, in some cases, eternal impact because these staff are going to go back to college. They're going to enter their careers. They're going to become husbands and wives. Some of them will raise children, become grandparents. And this is a generational impact where the foundation a lot of times is built through their experience serving at a summer camp. Yeah, they, they went and then served. And we see that, too, up at Honey Rock as well. Rob, talk to us some about what the research shows of the impact on on staff, particularly those younger staff. Yeah, this has been a really fun area to explore. Um, back from t- uh, 2016 to 19, we did a four-year summer study with 28 camps, Christian camps across the country, all members of Christian Camp and Conference Association. 
exploring what the impact was on staff and what we and many other studies have found is it's, yes, it has a spiritual impact for sure, but it also prepares workplace skills like leadership, conflict management. Uh, the staff are learning how to meet real needs uh, and wrestle with challenging relational situations with the campers and even with each other. So I just think that, you know, the impact of camp, it's, it's spiritual for sure, but it's also more holistic in that it's really preparing students for workplace, for raising kids as parents. Uh, we have, you know, quite a bit of research to support these kind of outcomes. Yeah, and talk to me a little bit, too. You have a new book out this March 7th of this year, Leaders Yet Discovered, Experiential Development for Emerging Leaders. And that key phrase there, uh, you know, the titles are always catchy, Leaders Yet Discovered, which is great. But experiential development is a key issue as well. As a matter of fact, a lot of times with related to the programs that, that Wheaton College that we do up at Honey Rock, it's, it's experiential learning. So talk to us a little bit about experiential learning and experiential development. Yeah, so uh, interestingly, in our context here at Honey Rock, we're part of Wheaton College, an academic uh, learning environment. And when you think of learning, oftentimes we think of the classroom-based approaches that most colleges and schools use. At Honey Rock, our classroom is the whole outdoors and all of the responsibility of running the place. And this is the case for for all camps. And what we mean by that is besides the teaching and the principles and the academically based scholarship and theological foundations that are taught to the staff, you have all the experiences of running the camp and serving the kids and solving problems and leading them on wilderness trips and instructing activity areas where they're actually having to apply those principles in real life, hands-on way. And then the key piece for us is it can't just be teaching and experience, but we bring in reflection. And that's where there's, you know, very purposeful, guided, written and conversational kind of processing of what happened. What were the challenges? How did you bring the principles into real life situation? And so for us, as we think experiential learning, it's experience, teaching and reflection kind of as a triad of process that works together to really move learning just from head knowledge to transformational deep interior life uh knowledge and maturity yeah research does point to how impactful that is and the technical term would be the pedagogy here is deeply impactful so all right let's talk a little bit about uh about one of the things i notice here is i mean you you're not you're not a teenager, and uh, I'm not a teenager. Uh, but a lot of this place is run by uh, what you and I would call kids. Uh, you know, but summer staff are very much younger. And I think people sometimes forget, you know, if you ever go to Washington, D.C., and you walk the halls of the House and Senate, it's run by, like, 22-year-olds. The whole nation is run by 22-year-olds. And we often haven't given people some of the responsibility. Now, again, there are people, there are lots of appropriate supervisory adult, and adults doing the work here. But what does it look like to bring in summer staff and more? And why do we want them to take on these responsibilities as 17 and 18 year olds? That's a great question. One of the reasons we want them to do that is because they want to do that, yeah, to be good. involved. They want to make a difference. Um, they uh, believe uh, in, in what's 
you know, the people that have invested in their lives and they want to have an opportunity to, to do that. And, and, you know, there are, there are pieces that need to go alongside with that. We, we are very particular, um, in terms of who we hire, um, because not only are these staff, um, teaching skills and, and taking kids on campouts, but they are doing life with the kids 24 mm-hmm. seven. And so we have to be very intentional about that. We are very intentional about training and developing our staff. They come in several weeks before camp ever starts and we train them in, in all facets of, um, of what their job will, will entail. And then to give them the opportunity and to support them in that and to continue to invest in them and disciple them as they do that, again, just further develops them and trains them to do that for the next generation because, Ed, you and I, we're not kids. Nope. And we're, nope. we're not going to continue to be here forever. <laughs> and so we, we've got to train that, that next genera- generation of Christian leaders for yeah, sure. So good, so good. And and to give them responsibility that's that is both, you know, appropriate for their age, but stretches them uh, is so key. And I can still remember, I mean, you know, as Don, Don and I were camp counselors together, we were teenagers and uh, camp counselors together. And I will tell you, it was, it was probably the first time that I had an appropriate level of responsibility over, you know, kids, children. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like they, I could just do whatever, um, you know, I, there were, there were restraints and safety and this, this area and do this activity. Uh, but it, but I still remember it. So we, Don and I still look back at that as being a significant part of that. So Rob, let me go back to you. How are we seeing camp play a role in fostering leaders for, and this is part of the, the, the mission statement there at Honey Rock, fostering leaders for church and society worldwide. What's that look like? I think a lot of what we've talked about already in the sense that um, the college students are learning how to work with people and meet needs. They're mm-hmm. learning how to function on teams uh, and having to work with others. I think, I don't know if this is the case at Ridgecrest, but at Honey Rock, uh, for each co- cabin group, there's two leaders. So you're a co-leader with someone else. And just that dynamic of having to collaborate and work together in planning, uh, the program, in teaching, and so often a lot of the learning comes for the college students on how to, to work together as teams, which, you know, again, life play, like workplace and life skills that are just deep. But I our uh, founding director, Coach Harv Krauser, back in the 50s, he had a, he kind of had a mantra, and he said, what camp does and leading in the camp environment tests your faith, your trust in God. You get drawn to the end of yourself, so it really teaches you how to rely on and connect to the Lord and seek him and uh, work with him and his spirit. Uh, test of learning which we've already kind of talked about and applying your learning to real situations and then test of self and figuring out who you are learning about your gifts and your passions. So to me, all of this is really helping to shape college students for leadership in the world. So good. That voice you heard is Rob Ribby. He's the executive director of Honey Rock Center for Leadership Development 
at Wheaton College. His book, by the way, if you go to edstetzerlive.com, you can link through, learn more information about Ridgecrest, Ridgecrest Foundation, learn more information about Honey Rock, uh, but also uh, see a copy, a link to Rob's book, his co-author book with Greg Robinson. It's called Leaders Yet Discovered, Experiential Development for Emerging Leaders. We're also inviting your calls. If you want to call in, maybe you might have a fun camping story like I have. I've said, I've shared several as well. Uh, again, our number is 877-548-3675. Again, maybe a fun camping story, maybe a question for Rob uh, or for Art, but, but also too, we've had a lot of fun kind of sharing those stories over the last few years. Again, 877-548-3675. I bet a lot of you have been like me, like us, all of us in this call, spiritually impacted, seen others spiritually impacted in camp as well. 877 877- Five four eight three six seven five. Before we get to our calls, Rob, talk to me a little bit. We got about a minute. What is COVID? I mean, you're coming back out of COVID. What have been some of the impact in and around camp here at and post now moving into well, whatever we call the current stage? It's not like it was a couple of years ago. Talk to us about <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. Uh, what we've seen across Christian camping in the United States is that camps are packed out with campers. This was Honey mm-hmm. Rock's biggest summer ever. Art mentioned that earlier before we went live. And I was in a webinar last week in which across Christian camping, the camps are full. Uh, I think people are just responding to the some of the needs that have come out of being at home, isolated on your computer, uh, maybe less active, the need to get back outdoors. So camps are just experiencing a, a resurgence in interest on the camp uh, family side. On the staff side, it's a little more challenging because now we have the great resignation, other challenges with employment in our country. So getting all the staff we need is the other impact of COVID. Yeah, for sure. We're going to continue our conversation with Rob Ribby and with Art Sneed. Uh, we're going to go right to your calls when we come back from the break as well. If you want to give us a call, maybe with your camp story or your question or your comment, 877 548 Hey, we're back having, as always, our annual fun. I don't know, it's, it's kind of annual, right? It's been like three times, and so uh, we have an annual summer special, and we talk about it as camp, but art, art, am I really camping? I mean, I'm at a conference center, and the kids go to camp, so they cabins. Is that what what makes? Where's the like? Cause camping doesn't involve tents, because the kids. My daughter, my daughter stayed in your cabins, so there's. But I'm staying. In, <laughs> where I'm staying is neither camp nor cab. Is this glamping? I don't have a TV in my room, so it feels like I'm sacrificing. But other than that, what am I doing? So, Ed, we're going to try to give you as much credit as we can. Please, please. So for you, please. I think I th- I would say that you are. As close to camping as you are likely to get <laughs> at this stage in your life, uh, but you do have air conditioning. I do have air even conditioning. without the TV, and I have Wi-Fi, and that's <laughs> yeah. And then we don't have those things at, at our camps in the cabins. Okay, so, so the cabins, a little bit different. Are, the kids are in the cabins. Yes. So, so we call that camping because they're in cabins. Yes. And so then now Rob though he goes out like one of the there's different passage. Uh, that's our our orientation program. So Rob takes them into like the there's one Rob. What's the most extreme of the passage it's like when you go live in the woods and eat bugs i mean what is that one (laughs) yeah we have wilderness trips kind of embedded in all of our camper programs so even overnight 
campers that are at camp will do a one or two night overnight and they might travel three to five miles but then they're setting up tents and cooking over a fire or a stove and basically it just takes that being away that we have when we go to camp to a whole nother level and really we find to be great places of deepening friendship great adventure stories you know and the whole team comes together out there but we also do two and three week wilderness trips for high school kids up in the boundary waters of Minnesota and along the shoreline of Lake Superior and in the upper peninsula of Michigan. So, and a lot of camps have, you know, those extended deeper wilderness excursions yeah. for the older students. Yeah, we, we do the same thing. We want our kids uh, out of camp under the stars at least one night a week. And then our oldest age groups at both camps, um, there is a wilderness option um, where they spend most of their two-week session out of camp, you know, whether it's uh, on hiking on the trail or a canoe trip, rafting and camping out along. And they have perfectly so, good beds, and you're making them leave perfectly good. I will tell you, and I know I am like the, the dean over Honey Rock, and I am like the idea of a wilderness trip is just totally not appealing to me. <laughs> but, again, it's, it's life-changing for so many. I mean, we actually hear some of these students, and they come back, and they tell these just these life-changing stories. Well, anyway, let's go to some calls as well. we got Michelle in Grand Rapids. You are live on the air with your question or comment. Go ahead, Michelle. Oh, I wanted to share how my daughter's life was changed at camp. It was kind of cool that we dropped her off at a Christian camp in West Michigan. And and then my husband and I went camping ourselves. We camped right outside um, Blue Lake Fine Arts Camp, which is, you know, kind of a hoity-toity camp for kids learning musical (laughs) instruments and, and the performing arts. And so they put on a play, and we went to that one night. It was fantastic. And, um... On the way back to our campsite, I said to my husband, do you think we did right by our kids? You know, we could have sent them to the fine arts camp, you know, and they could have really grown. And um, and we sent them to the Bible camp. And he, he said, are you kidding me? Yeah, of course we did right by our kids. So whatever, that was the end of that conversation. But when we picked up our daughter from camp, like on the way home, she said, well, we had some time to evaluate our lives and stuff. And I just think that I'm going to break up with my boyfriend because I think I have a boyfriend for the wrong reason. And, um, you know, we just kind of looked at each other like that was a good pick sending her to the (laughs) camp that would help her evaluate her life. That's so awesome. As the father of three daughters, uh, when boyfriend breakups are involved after camp, maybe I will comment in case my kids are listening. But, Michelle, what a great call. I was just up in Grand Rapids at uh, Maranatha Camp and Conference Center, which is sort of this, I guess you're in West, West Michigan, is kind of a legendary thing up there. But what a super, what a super conversation, uh, comment from Michelle. There, is, there does seem to be a time that, that impacts art. These, these are decision-making times. These are... Again, I think sometimes it's easy to kind of say, well, you know, camps, it's a spiritual high, it's a mountaintop experience. But those are the places where sometimes some significant life decisions are made, yes? Absolutely. And obviously the most important of those is is what you shared with your camp experience at the beginning of the call, which is that's where you met Jesus, right? And and even beyond that, I mean, one one of the favorite camper comments that I've heard this summer, she said, you know, camp is not where I met Jesus, but it's where I learned how to follow him oh, yeah. and to not only do that on the mountaintop experience that so many people refer to, 
um, but to take that back home and we stay in touch with our kids throughout the year and really try to help them understand what does it look like to follow Jesus when you're not on the mountaintop? What does yeah. it look like back home? And what's the thing that my daughter does that came out of the camp, this kind of ongoing discipleship thing you did? Sure. So we called Trailstones, yeah. and it was uh, sort of like a virtual video cabin experience mm -hmm. um, where we would have a, a group of kids uh, of the same gender, same age, uh, and our staff that would have video calls with them mm -hmm. weekly throughout the year. Um, and again, with that focus being, what does it look like to yeah, follow Jesus? That discipleship thing. Back home. Yeah, and I'm so, I think it's so important too. I mean, again, I grew up in a non-Christian home and I, I remember going to camp. It was, it was in a non-Christian camp. And I think it was a good experience, my recollection. Um, but it was also, it was almost like semi-spiritual, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a halfway Christian camp. It was like a non-religious, you know, summer camp. There was lots of them. But I'm a believer in Christian camp because even those non-Christian camps almost feel spiritual because you're getting away and more. And I think it, it, it's, it's important. Again, for us, Christian camp is going to be part of our priority. Let's go to Joanne in Tennessee. Joanne, you're live on the air with your question or comment. Go ahead. Hi, I'm happy to share a comment. I grew up without the influence of the church or church camp or even any kind of camping. And then uh, as a young family, we really didn't have the, when we were saved as adults, but we didn't really have resources or know about camping. So we were drawn into the camping world, family camp in particular, by being sponsored by some friends at church to go. And oh, yeah. that's just what my comment was. It's just to have eyes open to those who are in the church trying to walk the Christian life, but don't know all the pieces and parts of what uh, a lot of steadfast from birth Christian families know, and to draw them yeah. in, to find the people who don't know about it or who can't afford it, and invite them along. Joanne, that is so super. And and both of these ministries are deeply donor-supported as well. So, so uh, and I know Rob, you know, sitting with Rob and talking about some of our, our leadership structure, we really, I mean, we, we invite donors to say, hey, we want to come and sponsor some kids. I mean, that's a that's a key part of how it's run at, at Honey Rock. And so tell us a little about, Rob, what that looked like as people get engaged and involved. Uh, from a donor perspective? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, we are, we've been blessed in a couple different ways. First of all, annually, there are people that are very, very passionate about making sure that finances are not a limiting factor to camp that give like an annual gift to sponsor kids. We had a donor, uh, that sponsored specifically, uh, kids from our local communities here up in the woods, rural communities, mm -hmm to be able to go to camp. And then uh, a big blessing is we've had several strategic donors give uh, an endowment for scholarships so that uh, we have annual revenue from endowments that just give us that steady uh, stream of ways to help fund kids. And then one of the funnest things we do is we do a camper match. So if a camper, even a 10 year old camper earns $200 of their own money to pay for camp, Honey Rock will match that. And parents just love that because the student is investing in the experience and getting ownership for the experience and just builds excitement for the camp that's coming in the summer, but also is building life skills as they do the work to, to contribute to camp. So those are several ways we've 
helped kids be able to fund camp. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, it's a real thing. You're, you're now, you're, you're leading the Ridgecrest Foundation, yes. which is actually the resource arm now to be able to, because again, you, it doesn't cover all the costs. The camper, I mean, even as uh, camp's expensive and, and, you know, different levels, of course, but it might be expensive to, and it is expensive for some people who are in the income level, but even that doesn't pay all the bills. So we actually have to see, we have to be supportive of this if we care about this as followers of Christ. Yeah, and, and, you know, we actually are in a place, and we're blessed to be in a place where operationally we are able to cover our operational cover expenses. Okay. But um, when it comes to scholarships, we've got so many families and donors that are that are so generous to, to allow other kids to come. We've got, um, you know, people who just the transition we've made over the last two years where we are – spinning ourselves into our own independent 501c3 which we are now and and that has involved a lot of uh, big costs up front right. and we've had people come alongside and and help partner with us on that and then of course you know sometimes big capex projects you you need yeah, help to, big, you're to speaking do those camp code big so, capex what's that yeah so you know big buildings Capital uh, expenditures. Uh, yeah doing right, the dining yeah. hall right. uh, again with the with the primary focus of for us, of not nicer, yeah, but but bigger, more yeah. effective, right. more kids. Yeah, fascinating. Okay, we're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. I want to invite you. You got one more segment. If you want to call in, tell us your camping story. Eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five is our number. Eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. Two guests: Rob Ribby, the executive director of Honey Rock Center for Leadership Development at Wheaton College. Art Sneed, president CEO of the Ridgecrest Conference Center, Camp Crestridge for Girls. Camp Ridgecrest for Boys, both friends. And we're taking your calls, 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back. We're continuing our conversation, great conversation about Christian camping and really, we haven't talked so much about the outdoors. I think last time we talked a lot about the outdoors, but I like the focus here, talking some about Christian camping and, and our Art, talk to me a little bit about family camp, because first of all, I mean, for us, we would come pick up our daughter. here. The reason we started our family reunion tradition, well, you know this, is that it was always at the end of camp. So we'd all come to go to the closing ceremony and uh, yeah, Camp Crest Ridge and then, you know, stick around for a few days. And it was it's always been fun. And we just continue, we continue that tradition now. Literally right now, I'm here at family reunion at uh, Ridgecrest. So, but that family connection was beautiful there, you know, as part of the ending ceremony, but you actually see an increasing intertwining of family with camp. Tell us more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So at our conference center, it, there's always been a family focus where we've had families that have come attended conferences during the, during the summer, throughout the year. And, and, you know, parents bring their kids and there's programming for that. But increasingly, we're seeing that focus on family at our two summer camps. Back in 2013, we started offering a family camp over Labor Day weekend, and we offer mother-daughter weekends and father-son weekends. And, and again, just going back to our discipleship focus, one of the, the main things we do during those weekends is try to guide and encourage parents how to disciple their kids in tangible ways that can be continued when they get back home. Again, not just things that they're doing up on the mountaintop. Um, and so that could look like, um, you know, parents taking time to write a letter to each of their individual kids and then sitting by a, a fire with that kid and, and, and speaking truth and life into their daughter's life or their son's life. And um, 
that that need for camps camp experiences for families seems to just continue to to grow fascinating all right let's go to linda in wadsworth ohio linda you're live on the air what's your question or your comment hi i grew up at a ymca camp in michigan camp store and uh later on uh worked at many different camps and when i moved uh I was uh, on a board for another camp. Um, But one thing I love about camp is when you are immersed in camp life, you sometimes as a kid for the first time become other focused. I know we talked about how much you can learn as a person and grow and become a leader, but it's so important for people to, kids to be able to, get away from toxic situations, being judged for grades or sports. You know, they don't have to have trendy clothes. They don't have to be the popular kid at camp. And you start to focus on real relationships and being there for other kids. And I had the privilege of sitting under a wonderful Christian man at uh, camp store, Bryce Harbaugh, who did Bible studies, and for years I would catch the bus on the weekends and uh, mm. go up to Jackson, Michigan, and work in the kitchens and that. And wow. that was the first time I didn't just hear about Jesus. I had somebody sewing into my life and saw what it was like to actually be a Christian. I love it. I love it. Linda, what a great call. And two, and she meant that others focus thing is a key thing. I love it. Let's go to Jim in Palm Beach, Florida. Jim, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Hey, this is Jim. Uh, I I was born again at Ridgecrest, and this is North Carolina, right? It is in North Carolina. It is indeed. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and when I was 10 years old, 1955, I heard the gospel, wow. and I accepted it, and I've lived, I lived for Christ for 66. 67 years. <laughs> oh, Jim, After what a great, 70, what a great 77. testimony. 77, yeah. but heard the, ten, so yeah. 10 years old at, uh, and I, Jim, thank you so much for your call. How many times do you hear this? I mean, it's got to be a regular thing, Art. It, it is a regular thing and it is great every time. Yeah. Yeah, I just never get over the fact. Again, you know, Jesus saved me out of camp. That's, I never get absolutely. over that as well. And so that's such a key a key part of that. So when when people, you know, hear and respond and camp becomes a part of the spiritual rhythm of their lives, Rob, let me, let me go to you, Rob. Uh, with my daughters, I kind of see that they're like, they take next spiritual steps each time they come back. Is that a kind of a normal thing where, like, there's an ongoing progression and camp is like a key marker in that? Yeah, I hope so. That's that's really what our desire is and what we talk about with, you know, back to kind of the family conversation is we really want to be partners with parents in helping them raise their children. So when camp becomes part of the rhythm, especially if the programs are developed in the progressive way that I talked about earlier, uh, we're helping to move children along that process of maturing and growth. And that's where I just think having it be part of a regular rhythm. I mean, we have vacations, we have holidays. And back in the Old Testament times, God commanded his people to have three annual week-long festivals to help them remember, to help them reconnect with their purpose and their identity. 
And to be honest, I think that's a lot of what camp is doing now if it becomes a regular part of your life. Yeah, no, that's so that's so fascinating. And to see, I mean, I guess I just, I've seen it. I've seen it in my life, I've seen it in the life of others as well. What I didn't know, Art, is that, you know, I sent my kids here. You know, I used to be the vice president of the organization that, that owned Ridgecrest. Now Ridgecrest is a standalone foundation. And, and again, you can, we talk about ways you can be involved at the link if you go to edsetzerlive.com, both for Honey Rock and, and Ridgecrest. Well, I didn't know until I became the dean that sort of, and, and Rob kind of educated me on some of these things, is that, I mean, there's a lot of planning. So, the, you know, the 17-year-old who comes in to lead the section of the camp, they're stepping into something. There's a whole lot of planning and thought about age appropriateness and levels and more. So talk to us about why that matters to think, as, as he talked about it, progressively. Why do you do that here? How do you do that here? And why does it matter? Well, it matters, Rob mentioned earlier about different age kids. So it matters um, where they are when they come to you. It also matters sort of their their spiritual age, right? Where, where are they um, in their approach to Christ? Um, how, how close? We, we want to do everything we can to move each kid closer to Christ. And then for us, um, and, and I think this, we're probably a minority among a lot of camps, but our camps are separated by gender because... We really believe two weeks focused on uh, girls and being very intentional about how we develop that program for them versus how we develop a, a different program for, for guys um, allows us to be more intentional about tailoring the experience to them, meeting them where they are, and again, doing what we can to move them a step, two steps closer to Jesus. Rob, 30 seconds. If a parent was like, you know, I wasn't thinking about my kid for maybe next summer, why should a parent send their kid off to camp? 30 seconds. I think because they they need the challenge, the opportunity to be functioning away from home in a faith-centered environment with uh, awesome Christian leaders that are mentors, that guides that are closer to them in age that can help show them the way and point them towards Christ and a mature Christian life. Hmm. I think that's a good a good place to end the conversation as well. Our guest today, two friends, Rob Ruby is the executive director of Honey Rock, the Center for Leadership Development of Wheaton College, which again, we have a whole camp there, but we also have Passage, our, our uh, kind of pre-college gap year program. We have master's degree programs and more so it's a robust again a center for leadership art sneeds the president and ceo of ridgecrest conference center he oversees camp crestridge for girls camp ridgecrest for boys and works the ridgecrest foundation as well uh again friends both and i appreciate both the ministries they've been impactful in our lives as a family as well let me thank my team behind the scenes at moody radio my producer karen hendren earlier i mentioned my engineer courtney young ryan hansen did a great job on the phones. By the way, I apologize. We didn't get to all the calls. I see all these lined up calls from, from folks from Austin and from Glenda and from Joanne and, and, and Jim. I'm sorry I didn't get to them all. I know we have so many great camp stories. To hear today's program again, you'll find it at EdSetsAreLive.com. As always, you can follow what's coming up next on social media and more. Remember, Ed Setzer Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.